0: You need to enjoy the progress and the wins along the way and celebrate it. And I think we need be better as a society about enjoying the progress versus like need to get to here and do X, Y, Z, and then I will enjoy it. Well, okay. Well, if you drop dead tomorrow, then you didn't enjoy shit. So there's that.
1: Welcome back to this week's episode of Be Boulder. This week, I'm joined by the HBIC and executive producer extraordinaire, Danielle Blount. Danielle, say hi to everyone.
0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me back here, Lindsay.
1: (laughs) She's begrudgingly joining me this week. Uh, As we delve into a topic that we're both just really passionate about and we do a lot of research on and spend a lot of time thinking about and working up solutions for, which is the fact that we both think that the work culture of today is broken. And we don't think it's that because, you know, COVID created this environment where we're always home, so we're always working. It was broken long, long before that in terms of pushing people to the brink, you know, working for the sake of working, people not having boundaries with you and emailing you and calling you all hours of the day and night and expecting a turnaround of, you know, two minutes on something that should really take two or three days and all of the problems that that sort of causes and radiates out from, from that for the humans that it's affecting. So, you know, it ultimately ends up affecting mental health and physical health and financial health and spiritual health of the person that, you know, is feeling the pains of that, that crazy work culture, but then it also impacts the people around them too. So we're going to chat a little bit about that. And Danielle, do you have anything to add there or did I just knock it right out of the
0: park? <laughs> oh, you just knocked it right out of the park. So I think I think we're ready to get into it.
1: Awesome, awesome. You know, uh, Danielle and I spend a lot of time thinking about um, how we can make the world better for particularly entrepreneurs who are, you know, receiving funding dollars from venture capitalists, angel investors, things of that nature. And you know, some of the things that we see or have seen in times past are are really just what we would classify as almost, you know, abusive relationships where you know people are like, well, I gave you money, so I expect you to work twenty two hours a day and. I expect you to answer my emails at all others of the day and night. And if you're not working, you're wrong. And it ends up ultimately having a huge impact on on people. And and we've seen that not just in you know startups, but in business at large. So, <clears throat> you know, I think I've been pretty vocal about, you know, hey, I took myself to the brink in a lot of uh different aspects, but uh you know, Danielle, I'd love to hear some some thoughts from you on on how you feel about how you know work and a crazy work culture can cause stresses and pains for you in your life, and then how it can impact
0: other folks as well. Sure, and I think before we really get into it, I just wanted to bring in the definition of burnout um, so that we are all working from the same place here. So, oddly enough, the World Health Organization has did not classify burnout um, as a disease until 2019. So fun fact mm-hmm. of the day. Um, and it is defined as a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. So I think a lot of us can probably relate to that. I know um something you just alluded to. I certainly can. Um, and a lot of it is like my own making. I think, you know, I have like a need to like constantly be like doing things mm-hmm. and we're going to get into like the our favorite word, hustle culture and how it's like really bad. Um, and like people like will always send me articles about how hustle culture is really bad. I'm like, are you trying to tell me something? And I like, didn't mean to like fall into it. It was just sort of like felt there was like internal and external pressures to constantly be doing stuff. And like your work email is on your phone. So you're checking it at all hours of the night, like, and then on the weekends, and then, you know, you want to be making sure you're doing things for your bosses. You're making sure you're doing things for your coworkers, and you're getting it back. And then the email dings. And then it's like, do I reply right now? Your Slack goes off, whatever it is. And you're constantly being pulled in 10 different directions and you're never really accomplishing anything sometimes, mm-hmm. but you're like, you feel like you're doing stuff because then you're telling, oh, I'm working 30 hours in a day, which is, is actually impossible because there's not 30 hours in a day. But well. So then it, then it just gets to a place where you're just so tired all the time and you're like a miserable human to be around, which I was a miserable <laughs> human to be around for like 18 months to probably two years total where I just, I didn't take any time off. I was working on the weekend. I was working before going to the Bills game. uh, Like, so I getting up at 4am to like do work. Before, so I didn't feel guilty about going to a tailgate. Like that's yeah. insane. And so like, and it was like me, it was like my own internal Telling myself to not feel guilty. It wasn't anyone else, um, right? So yeah, it's just it's it's very it's a crazy world that we've decided to to participate in.
1: Yeah, and so I I'm kind of curious about this because I want to hear what you think in terms of you know whose responsibility is it to set the tone for all of this? You know, is it leadership of an organization? Is it the investors in an organization? Is it each person individually? Because burnout is a very individual thing, right? So I think there's lots of layers here. So what are your thoughts on that?
0: I think it's everyone involved, but it certainly comes from the top down. I think when you have leadership that is doing stuff on the weekend, you then start feeling like you need to do stuff on the weekend unless they say something. I always respected when we started to work together, you are someone who likes to catch up on the weekend Mm -hmm. as much as I attempt to get you to stop, I but you do because your emails aren't going off, which I get. (laughs) <laughs> but you always like preface your emails with don't re- reply right now. It's me clearing my inbox out. Yep. So that alleviates pressure to someone who is younger in their career or is not senior, you know, is not your, it's your employee and not feeling the need to then respond right away. I also mm-hmm. work really weird hours now because I'm yep. like doing a bunch of different things. So I won't start my day till 10 a.m. Some days, obviously, with. Go back to episode one, Lindsay and I don't like meetings before 10 a.m. Yeah, I I or I, I take, really yeah, or I take breaks during the day because I'll take my pup over a walk and we're hanging out during then. So unless I have calls, so then I like to do work, you know, between six and eight o'clock and everyone's like, why are you still working late? I'm like, well, I didn't work from two to five today. Cause I was doing right. some other things for myself. I was working out. I was like taking care of me time stuff or taking care of other errands I needed to run but that my inbox isn't going off like crazy because it's not normal work hours. So I think, but it does start from that top down and people need to set the boundaries that people need to be willing to push back. I was just, mm-hmm. there was a nice Facebook thread of people that were talking about this and saying like, you know, how do you start balancing that? Especially with people working remote across different time zones, especially as now in the yeah. globalized world, they just have in their signature, like I, these are my working hours and I will respond back within my working hours, within 24 to 48 hours, but it's not, you know, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and those are my working hours, just so everyone's playing on a level playing field. So if you're working with someone who's in California or working with someone who is in Hong Kong, you know, hey, don't expect it because I might be sleeping because I'm on the other side of the world. (laughs) So I think we can make things easier by sometimes just communicating more effectively. Yeah. <laughs> so being like, Hey, I don't live in the same city. <laughs> right. And I, I think
1: think about the impact that, you know, I think a lot of people forget it's okay to set boundaries. I've got a lot of people who come to me and they're like, well, you know, so-and-so says I have to get this done. And it's like, well, is it possible to get that done in that timeframe? And they're mm-hmm. like, no. And I'm like, then why are you trying? You know, and why are you responding at 11 o'clock at night when someone sent you something? There's no expectation, or there shouldn't at least be, that you respond to your point. It should come from the top down. But I mean, setting those boundaries individually for yourself. I know it's harder for people who may be younger in their career or maybe changed careers and are now shifting and trying to, you know, make a name for themselves or whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to make a decision. Like, are you worth more than the business that you're working for or working Mm -hmm. with? Right. And, and I think if people can do that, the impacts that then that can have on their mental health, their physical health, their financial health, you know, their spiritual health, all of it, I think, is um, incredibly important. You know, I look back on my journey and, you know, even a couple of years ago, you know, I, I think about how the work, the, the crazy incessant, you know, people pinging me at all hours of the day and night, me not pushing back against that when I had every right to, you know. Emily Smith one time told me, she's like, Lindsay, you earned the right to say no. And mm-hmm. I did, you know, and anyone has the right to say no. It's your choice. It's your career. It's your career path. And and I should have said no more and I didn't. And, uh, you know, I was on the road all the time and I just, it, it was just crushing. It was absolutely crushing from a mental capacity. You know, I, I couldn't think straight. My work probably wasn't as wonderful as I'd love it to be physically. Like I was just exhausted. I was sick, you know, financially, like. It's <laughs> thank God I have like people who help me with that because mm-hmm. I can't even begin to imagine what that would look like. And then you know spiritually, I just don't think I was taking care of my soul. And I think everybody experiences that. And it's just if you can't get all of those things aligned, I can't. You cannot look me in the face and tell me that you're making the best decisions in all of those areas. I just don't believe it. Agree. Yeah. It's- yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and I mean, you said it too, right? Like you said, you went through two and a half years or whatever it was of time. I'm making time frames up now, but you, know, you, went, you went through, you know, a period of time when you said you just didn't feel like, you know, you were that great, you know, it being your best because you were under so much pressure. But I mean, let's think about that, not only what that was doing to you, but talk a little bit about how you felt that was impacting the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, and I have to say, it, a lot of it was like my own, like self made. Like you and I worked together <laughs> during this time frame, oh, so yeah. it wasn't like you were doing it. Like so, it was a lot of it was like my own, like internalized pressure on myself. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an inherently anxious person. I've been an anxious person since I was a child. My mom's, oh, really? my, my, my mom's favorite story. Like I hate being late for things was like, I was sitting at the kitchen table, like with my backpack on like a half hour before we had like leave for school. Like I'm yeah. So I've always been anxious. I like to be on time. We are, not the, same. Done. We are not the same. So like getting you to places on time, like that makes me anxious. Like I just, I'm an anxious person. So that things were just like building up. Like I was not managing my anxiety like well for a long time and was ignoring it. I was burying it deep down deep. I had stuff like personally that happened. I like lost really good friends and, and not like, like actually passed away. And like that was not dealing with grief and and that's super hard. And you bury that down deep and then you just put more work on it. So are like, oh, I'll go and do more things. I'll start a business with my sister. I'll go do this. And like, those are like, all add up. And you look back like, oh, I was just keeping myself very busy. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, things start to deteriorate because you, you're tired. Like I wasn't sleeping. I was, I told myself, I think for, I was actually just talking with friends yesterday. I was like, oh, I told my, cause I was talking about like the whoop um, that you and I have oh, yeah. that I was like telling my trainer for three years that I needed five and a half to six hours of sleep a night. And then I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> and now that I don't set <laughs> an alarm, I need nine hours of sleep and I just let myself sleep. And so not sleeping and just constantly like working, just living in an, a, anxious state. And like, I was, I snapped super easily at people. I snapped at my family members. I snapped at my friends. I just didn't like, just wasn't always happy. Like I complained about everything, like the smallest things. Like I was just like annoyed. Like everything was just like annoying to me. And then I looked back, I'm like, Oh my God, like, how are any of you still want to be friends with me? So like, thank God I have some of the most amazing like friends and family members in my life, but I'm just like, uh, you are a miserable human to be around. Like, why <laughs> and then you stick around with me, and they'll tell me like you're way harder on yourself than than you were, like than you think you were. But that's also like my anxiety then, like showing there, and I'm like, oh, anxiety showing, hell drug um But okay. it's it's you know it does weigh on other people, and you don't even realize it until you sort of get out of it. And like now, I'll catch myself like when I start to like go down like a spiral, and I'm like, oh, pull yourself back out, like. <laughs> like, yeah not where you need to be and I cried like I started seeing a the therapist I started talking to someone I was like you need to stop like you are so anxious all the goddamn time uh-huh. so and it's like something I just have to like manage better and I just didn't have like the tools in my toolkit which I thought I did but I didn't uh, but I know yeah. and I know what causes me anxiety I know things to avoid but it's hard for other people because other people don't know they'll be like oh do this, do that. Like, well, okay, great. That's might work for you. It doesn't work for me. Or that's just not a solution that's viable at this moment in time. Right. So it's, you know, they people have best intentions and but it's just not sometimes gonna work at that moment. And it's like someone has to like you like I had to come to my own realization. So I'm glad I didn't like blow up my whole entire life. <laughs> so, like, you know, sure, sure. Like building up like relationships that I had for weird. a very long time. But it was just it was hard. It was tough. But it's like I had to make some like really like hard changes and like think about like where I wanted to be and like do in life. Yeah. So, and, and I credit, like I do, you know, like warning, here we go. Um Like I do credit you a lot for like being like, Oh, you like therapy's Aww. not like scary. Like you can go like, it's okay. Um And just being like, you know what, you can take charge of your own life and figure this the hell out. Cause if not, like no one's really going to want to like hang out with you anymore. And that would suck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, I think that's right though. I mean, no, everyone's responsible for themselves, right? And everyone's responsible for the way that they treat themselves, the way that they treat other people. And no one's going to do it for us, right? And and quite honestly, you know, the work Porn Hustle Culture teaches us that, you know, even if we give everything that we have to give and we burn out and we fall apart, people are just going to, you know, throw us to the curb, replace us and move on and keep going, right? So what does that tell us? That tells us that the most important thing that we can take care of in any of these, you know, relationships or whatever, working or otherwise, is ourselves. Because at the end of the day, it's it's us that we have to manage through every day with. It's, you know, it's us that we have to figure out how to, you know, walk through the the halls of life up and down with. And if we're anxious or we're miserable or we're, you know, having chest pains or whatever it's going to be, it's not fair to us, right? Mm-hmm. And and I can't tell people enough, like, you are worth it. You are worth fighting for you are worth telling people no for like no one is going to say no for you everyone in the working world wants you to give more and they want to not pay you for it and they want to push you to the brink and that's fine that's capitalism that's the thing this country was built on but you know you have to know where those lines are and where those boundaries are for your own personal well-being because if you don't i will tell you what's going to happen the universe is going to slow you down the universe is going to say you're going to get sick, you're going to get into an accident, you know, you're going to get hurt somehow, something's going to fall apart, because if you can't do it, the universe will force a wintering upon you and do it for you. you Mm -hmm. And, and I I think that, you know, if you can get ahead of it and start to give yourself the tools and the key, you know, the keys to, you know, start your car and, and drive it off in the way that you want to drive it, I can't tell you how fundamentally different you know, your life can be, I mean, Danielle, you can speak to this, right? I mean, your life is fundamentally different than it was, let's call it two years ago, because you put yourself in the driver's seat of your life.
0: Yep. You know? So. I mean, I mean, hell, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting down in like Florida right now at my right. parents house. So I'm like hiding um, down here, but not literally, but it's been great. But yeah, I wouldn't. I have far more control, which I'll come, I'll come back to our like definitions of like burnout. One of the like six leading symptoms or like things that are involved in like, you know, signs of burnout is like a perceived lack of control for that. So, you know, just feeling that you're making decisions like over your life, like just have just such an impact I think on that and knowing that you're, and obviously you don't, you can't control everything. It's not like, I'm not saying like, you know, you need to be able to be like, controlling every single move of your day or you can't control everything at work. And like, less you are like the CEO. And even if you're the CEO, you can't control you can't everything because you re- you report to a board, you report to your investors and everything else. But I'm curious too, on, you know, your thoughts of, you know, for entrepreneurs, how do we change the culture when you have someone like Elon Musk saying that, you know, you need to basically sleep at the factory and you need to get the most out of every single day. And that's who he wants on his team or, you know, coders who are, you know, working into the night, like those are the people that, you know, startups want on their team. Like that's not sustainable. It's not healthy. And like, how do we change the paradigm of like, that's not great. I don't want to really invest in a company (laughs) that's, that that's the culture because that's never going to last. We're going to end up changing the CEO at some point because you will not want to stick around because you're going to be exhausted or die here. And, or your family's going to make you leave. So like, how do we, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about this and, you know, how do we be just better? Um, you know, and I think there's going to be some people who are always going to say, oh, you have to quantitatively work, you know, you need to work all hours of the day and night and you have to work until your eyes are bleeding. And, you know, I, I, I have no patience and no time for those people. You know, the, the people who are saying that, like in Elon Musk, the man has some insane amount of net worth now. And he's paying these people $200,000, $300,000 a year to do this and work all hours of the day and night. Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So if, if, I'm, if I'm you and I have one of these jobs, like... I have to ask myself, is it worth it? Because I will tell you if you apply effort and you apply pressure, there's always another job where people are going to treat you better and respect your boundaries and all of those things. So I think one, it's (laughs) it's sort of like a rising up of the workforce. I'm getting like real, real weird with it right now, but you know delving into socialism. (laughs) Diving right into communism. Um (laughs) but you know it's It You know, people have to demand more of the people that are paying them every day. I think that's one piece of the puzzle. And I think leaders need to step up and they need to recognize if I push people to the brink each and every day, are you really going to tell me that those coders that are working 20 hours a day and sitting at their computer and not exercising and eating Cheetos and not sleeping and not seeing their family and not thinking clearly because they're so focused on a computer screen. They haven't taken time to meditate, think about themselves. God knows what their financial situation looks like. Might be great. They don't have time to spend any money. I don't know. But you can't tell me, you cannot look me in the face and tell me that those people, you know, at the tail end of when they start to get really tired are doing the best coding that they mm-hmm. can be doing, are making the best decisions for the business that they could be doing. And think about that when you've got 50 people who are all doing that and they're all they've all been pushed to the brink. And now you've got 50 people who are making subpar choices each and every day. What result? Your company is now getting subpar outcomes. I I, I just, you cannot convince me of this in any other way. Right. And then after that, if they are getting subpar outcomes, the investors are definitely going to be getting subpar outcomes, which is concerning. And then from there, you know, you've got people that are just falling apart. The businesses are falling apart themselves. So why do it that way? Right. So, so my thought is why not work with the people who are in your companies to give them mental health resources to tell them, Hey, every Saturday is email free Saturday or pick a day. I don't care, you know, or Hey, we'd have zero expectation that you check your email between, you know, 9.00 PM and 6.00 AM every day. Like Mm -hmm. how hard is that to say? And also what are you changing between 9.00 PM and 6.00 AM? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> like everything is closed. Mm-hmm. You can't go to the bank. You can't go to, you know, the government offices to do some sort of filing if you need to. I mean, it's just not real. And um, you know, I just think that we need to give people, you know, the mental health resources. We need to teach people like, hey, you need to get up and exercise. You this is how you eat food. This is what you think about, you know, in terms of rest. Sleep is important. Sleep is the number one driver of why people have mentally start to fall apart. Physically fall apart, and then because they're doing those two things, they financially and spiritually fall apart. Period. So if you're not resting, everything is better when we turn it off and then turn it back on, mm-hmm. right? Everything works better. Look about your computer when it's like angry at you, unplug it and <laughs> plug it back in, and it always works better, right? And and so we have to do these things for these people. We have to put these tools and these resources in the hands of these folks because if we don't, you know, we are running ourselves into a wall as a society, as a work culture. And we are going to have a litany of people who they can't even work because they've had so many mental breakdowns, emotional breakdowns, heart attacks, whatever the hell else it is, that they're useless. So, I mean, the choice I think is everyone's. Do we want to take better care of people, preventative health, if we want to call it that way, or do we want to push people to the brink, throw them off to the side and hope and pray to God we find more people to
0: fill their spot? And grant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> girl go on your your uh, soapbox here I was the, sorry. The, the people not, can't see us but I was nodding along but I
1: mean no, I think I it's crazy like I mean you've we've talked about this a million times but like I'm one of those people who used to work and I used to take so much pride in all of this and it literally almost fucking killed me yeah like, no it is
0: not worth it and I can't tell people that enough I'm done okay go <laughs> no I agree because it's just and and even from, like, a purely – I know we delved, like, a, we were, like, getting out into, like, our socialism by Fox, but it was we from a purely, it. like, capitalism, like, standpoint, the cost to, like, replace workers, like, and retrain all these people is, is stupid. Like, to pay all that money to, like, do that. So, like, if you were able to, like, keep good workers happy and motivated – in a way that like makes the money, like company more money and eventually then are returning more money to your investors. That's great capitalism. Like, why can't we have socially conscious capitalism? Like that's, that's my platform, but we won't get into politics here, but I just think you can, (laughs) from a good capitalistic standpoint, take care of your people instead of like just eating them up and like spitting them out and be like, Oh, replace them. Well, it costs a lot of money to also replace the humans. And You, you, at the end of the day, you can't replace every single job with like a computer. So like someone has to like code the computer. So I'm not like on the, the, the train of like everything's going to get replaced by a human <laughs> or by a computer at some point. So I just think we need to rethink that. And also for everyone that's like, oh, I need to like keep working. I need to keep hustling. I need to do this because I need to get to X, Y, Z before I'm this age or this age and accomplish all these things and compare yourself to everyone else. Like when are you going to actually stop and enjoy it? because then all of a sudden you are going to blink and you're gonna be 60 years old, and it may be great if you've amassed this wealth. But what are you doing with it? Like, why didn't you take that vacation? Why didn't you go enjoy that dinner out? Go buy that house or do something, like other than just sitting and working all day. Like, when I found myself I like, talking about a vacation that was like two years ago, I was like, Oh, this there is something wrong with this picture. <laughs> like, you did it. I'm like, what? That's so stupid! Like I'm like, what am I? And I'm like, didn't get anything out of it. I was like, I like, no, I'm like, go take a vacation. Like you have days. Like this is like, no one was like stopping me. I was like making up things like why I couldn't take time off. I was like, oh well, this project needs to get done. I want to finish this. Or like, I need to do a little bit more, more work on this thing. Cause this is really cool. Like I'm like, quote unquote, I'm, oh, I'm really excited about it. I'm enjoying it. Like, okay. But it's still going to be there. Like you need to enjoy yeah, I mean, the progress and the wins along the way and celebrate it.
1: And I think do. we need,
0: be better as a society about enjoying the progress versus like need to get to here and do X, Y, Z, and then I will enjoy it. Well, okay. Well, if you drop dead tomorrow, then you didn't enjoy shit. So there's that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we can't take anything for, for granted, you know, I mean, you never know when it's your last day, you could step outside, get in a car and, or on a bus or whatever else. And that's it. So you spend all this time, working for the man or the woman (laughs) and, and, and for what, you know, and I think if people just find a little bit more balance and can reduce their stress and then reduce burnout, you know, they'll find themselves happier. They'll find themselves healthier. They'll probably have better work product. They'll actually become more valuable to their organization. So probably actually make more money. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so funny because people don't want to slow down to speed up. They just want to hit the gas pedal. Yep. And at some point you've run out of gas.
0: And I think, you know, it's got to be totally rethought of because I think in terms of startups and entrepreneurs, everyone thinks like, oh, if I put a ping pong table in, that makes it fun. And everyone wants to work here then for 12 hours a day. And I'm like, no, they don't get get out of here. If I walk into a startup's office and there's a stupid ping pong table, I will get the fuck out of there. Like, I'm like, this is (laughs) dumb. Like one, as an investor, don't spend my fucking money on that. Two, like, no, send your workers home. Like, I don't want to see that shit. Like, I'd rather you invest it somewhere else. I think we have to, like, change it in terms of the entrepreneurial culture about, like, what is actually, like, fun times, like, and what is actually, like, investing in your culture versus, like, a fucking ping pong table.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I've done tons of customer research around this, asking entrepreneurs, you know, do you want money for, you know, things in an office space, which you can't even go to right now, for God's Mm -hmm. sake. Or, you know, would you prefer to have your team have coaching resources Mm -hmm. or mental health resources or whatever? And look, do you have some people who are like, no, no one on this team ever needs to talk about mental health? Like, I know who the problem is there. So like, let's take you out. (laughs) 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 But, you know, more often than not, they're like, wait, someone wants to help me. You know, and think about how fucked up we are as a society. If that's where we're at, Mm -hmm. that you've got people who are building businesses that is that's ultimately the backbone of new industry development in society. And we're not even offering them any sort of assistance and guidance and coaching and help and access to mentorship or any of that stuff like that blows my mind. And the very fact that like there are ways to do it there are ways to figure out, hey, what is the root cause of the problem? And then put plans in place. And yet we refuse to do it is just beyond my level of comprehension.
0: Well, especially coming out of like this pandemic, like where, you know, people are like, oh, well, productivity increased because people just took the two and a half hour commute. Like, especially you lived in like a big city if you were in LA or New York or Chicago, where you were usually in the car for two hours a day. Now you just worked two hours more at your desk. Like, yeah. no, you, those are your two hours a day that you normally sat in the car and you could have either listened to podcasts or talked to friends or like talked to a family member that you weren't usually working. Take mm-hmm. that time back to yourself. was so like, oh, this is great. Now I have, my workers are like, they're even more of like slaves to the man. Like, no, take that time back for yourself and do it. So I think coming out of the pandemic, like we need to think, rethink the work culture and like that we are not expecting you to work more just because you were at home. People who've yeah. had now to become teachers at home who have kids and you've been stuck inside. You don't really know like what's going on in the world. Are you going to have a job? Did you lose a job? You know, if you're raising money for a company, you don't even know what that looks like. You're trying to keep people employed. So I just think mental health coming out of all of this is going to be even more important. There's going to be so many people who have like PTSD, especially if you work on the front lines of this and you've seen the worst of this, oh, yeah. like we've seen the worst and the best of humanity through this past, now we're coming up on this one year anniversary of going into a lockdown, but it's just, you know, we need to be more acutely aware of what the effects are on this. And it just really, you know, uncovered, especially a lot around burnout. I think the studies that will probably be done by people far more intelligent than I am that we'll we'll read, we'll read about them one day, but you know, that that happens after all of this, but I think that's going to be people who are in leadership positions need to be aware of it because they're not going to have any studies to rely on. So you need to be making decisions on the fly to implement now how you are going to best support your workers and not, Keep crushing them and being like, "Oh, just work more because you're home." Like, well, guess what? Now my in-laws are living with me, or my kids are—they've been at home for school, so I got to figure out how to like teach them, and they, I am doing that, and I'm working—you know—still ten hours a day doing everything. So it's just, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, on my
1: soapbox now. No, you're good. <laughs> I mean, I think the ramifications that we see from from the nonsense of telling people, you know, you people thought like, "Oh, you're a captive audience because you're in your house." So mm-hmm. by definition, you have to answer every Zoom call and you have to, you know, answer every phone call no matter when that is, if mm-hmm. it's weekend or otherwise. Like, I think, and on top of it, you know, telling people they can't leave their homes and then, you know, putting a lot of people in solitude and then the death toll and the illness toll and God knows the long-term impacts of COVID on each and, individu- each and every individual. We have no idea what that looks like. And so I think, yeah, now if there's, if this never... If there was never a time that this this is incredibly important, it certainly is now.
0: Yeah. and I think people just need to be more conscious about why and how they're doing things. We've taken a really like wide circle around like our hatred of the hustle culture here today, yeah. but I think in terms of like even like networking, like you said, like oh you're at home, so you're a captive audience. So like I'm going to take a, a Zoom meeting with you. Can I? I'm just going to air this like grievance that I have Do in like, the world. LinkedIn messages with your Calendly telling me like, let's schedule a meeting because we have mutual LinkedIn connections. I don't give a shit. I don't want to meet you. I don't want to have a meeting. I don't care that, you know, Joe Schmo that we're connected with. I don't probably know actually Joe Schmo in real life. So don't really care. And I don't want to have a meeting with you. Like if I'm going to network with you or if I'm going to introduce someone to you, we probably need to have legitimate crossover. I I'm so guarded about making introductions so if I make an introduction, like if I'm willing to, like normally people will take a meeting because I don't do it very often because I know people's time is precious. Like I'm not going to waste people's time. I guard other, like I guard your time, like, like no other. Cause I just like, <laughs> well, and,
1: I am, I am yeah. I'm bad at guarding my time as we know.
0: <laughs> you are, cause you, cause everyone's just like, oh, I have to like say yes to everyone. And now that you're home, it's like, oh, I got to keep networking. Cause I couldn't go to these conferences and I couldn't network with people. Network with people because you actually have crossover and you want to with them. There was this, there was a good, um, Harvard business review article, which like shout out to my friend Ash, that she shared it in our Facebook group that I read it. So I'm going to give her credit for bringing this back up. And it was about calling your networking and your inner group to be smaller and like do some professional housekeeping on your group. And like, it's like not deleting like LinkedIn connections. Like I get it. If someone in your LinkedIn, like connections works at like your dream company and you might need to like message them one day, fine but like your inner group of people who like you really work with needs to be like five or six. It's like your best friends, like keep them small. You don't need 10,000 acquaintances that you're talking to all the time to like, keep up with the Joneses. I do not need to remember like what your daughter's name is or like that you play softball on the weekends. Like that's just far too much information for me to like, keep up with it. Have like five or six people. Cause then they're going to have five or six people in their inner core. And guess what? Every once in a while, I sometimes got to like clean them out. Like if you're not serving each other, move on. Like, cause it's like not helping each other. So networking to like network for network's sake, I think is stupid. I don't like it. And I think that's just added in the hustle culture of like, Oh, like we got to all meet. We all got to be friends and entrepreneurs love to do it. Cause they're like, Oh, you might have an investor for me and <laughs> you're going to, I'm going to pitch you. my. Yeah, they
1: do. Oh, no. You're also told like, Hey, you've got to attend all these things and you've got to put your face out there and you've got to do this. Like, no, you've got to focus on the unit economics of your business. You got to take care of your team and you got to block and tackle through the five things that you set out are your most important KPIs to achieve your goals in the next 12 months, 18 months, 3 years and 5 years. That's yep. what you need to do every day. You don't need to meet with some asshole who sent you a LinkedIn message because maybe possibly they might have an investor connection.
0: Yes, because if you if we meet now and then we meet in 3 months and you tell me all you've done is like you've met with five investors, you didn't meet with them. You talked to them on the phone cuz you berated them into submission to taking a meeting. And they're never going to invest in you. So you networked with them. Congratulations. You had a cup of coffee. Every investor of you, like, will go have a cup of coffee with you. And you've not, you didn't move your business forward at all. You didn't move your plan forward. You didn't move your software forward. Your team's not moving forward. Such a waste of time. Like, actually, like you said, move your business forward. Focus on that. Then take that one important meeting that will actually move it forward. Yeah. That will, someone will write you a check. So yeah, it's just, oh God. And so I think to
1: kind of bring like a pretty little bow on this, right? It's in order to be able to avoid burnout, to take better care of yourself, to take better care of your teams, you need to be more selfish. I think a lot of people give and give and give and give. And there's, Mm -hmm. wherever there's giving, there's 10 people out there who want to take and they aren't giving anything back. And you cannot give from an empty cup. You cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot do it. And so I think, You know, people need to really focus on what are the really important things for their business? What are the really important things to take care of their team, to make sure that their team has the space and candidly the grace to be able to think about things, make decisions, breathe a little bit, you know, take care of themselves. And you would be surprised about the outcome. You know, and if there's some people, yeah, they're not going to fit within a culture that's like that. And they're, they can go work for Elon Musk. <laughs> like, fine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I will tell you, like, the time is now to start to take better care of these people and these teams. And most importantly, yourself. No one is going to do it for you. And if you don't do it, you will end up dead. And that sounds dramatic. But coming from a person who that almost happened to, I can't tell you enough. Please, like, I'm begging you at this point. Like, take care of yourself because if you don't, you won't have anything that you can work for anymore. Anyway, because you won't be here to do it. So, Debbie Downer message of the day.
0: (laughs) What a really important one that everyone has has to hear. Like, burnout is a like it's such an important issue. You have to know the signs. You have to be aware of it. As if you're a leader. Know it in your employees, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're running a startup, know it in yourself. Like, you know, if you're an investor, know it in the teams and the companies you're investing in and and, and you can stop it. You can get out of it. I mean, Lindsay and I are, are in the process of becoming recovering workaholics. It's something we struggle, we struggle with every day. But we've we've made a really like a lot of strides in it, but you can get through it and and stop it. And we're obviously very passionate about stopping the hustle culture from continuing to proliferate among the, the entrepreneurial community.
1: Yes. So I would tell you, you know, if you're thinking like, how do I take some steps? I would tell you, take some steps in looking at the things that are most problematic in your life. You know, if it's your waistline, start tracking your food, just something small. If it's your mental health, reach out and talk to someone. I know it's scary, but like, The best way to get through things is to put your head down and to get through things. I know we don't always want to touch on the pain of our lifetimes past, but we have to do it. If you have financial troubles, reach out to a financial advisor. There's hundreds of them (laughs) and they are glad to help you. Um, And there's online resources if you don't even feel comfortable starting there and you don't even know who to talk to, you know, and for spiritual resources, download, you know, the Calm app and just meditate for a few minutes every day. You know, no one's asking you to sit down and meditate for 45 minutes every day. Try three, you know, get started somewhere. And the best way to get started with something is to just begin. So with that, Danielle, it was a pleasure to have you on the episode today. I am, as always, uh, super excited and happy when you are willing to grace me with your presence on here, because I know you don't always love doing this. You love to edit and play behind the scenes. So I'm very grateful for you. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, Uh, and with that, we, uh, we will talk to you all next week. And as always, don't forget, don't just be bold. Take care of yourself and be bolder. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Insta at Be or visit our blog at thebolderlife.com. If you have questions or suggestions for me, leave me a message at 614-706-6693.